This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville. It's 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Sports Tank with Jeremy Green is back. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And it was a nice little three-day weekend. I feel like we haven't done this in like a month. (laughs) Spent a little time apart. It's amazing how refreshed you can come back after just three days. I just want to know how your view outside of your hotel room in uh, in Charleston yeah. was worse than my view in Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. I think I was closer to the ocean than you were. Uh, I think you were. Yeah, we didn't see. We don't. Uh, we we don't go in the off season to go to the beach. It just. Don't. I don't care if I go in July or January. I need to wake up and see waves. You want to? Okay, you want to see the beach? You posted a picture of your view that was radio town. Literally, yeah. it's the same view I'm looking at right now. Pretty much. Pretty and you much. drove 19 hours to see it. <laughs> I did. It was it was quite the quite the eventful uh, beginning to the to the journey on Friday as we had to sit at the top of uh, at the top of the mountain on I-26 for two and a half hours behind the uh, the horrific wreck that happened. Well, if, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I booked a vacation for our Valentine's Day for next weekend, uh, this this good. this coming up weekend. Good on you. Yeah. And I uh, used points, so I can't cancel it, so we're going to do it again. Oh, well, nice. Well, you get back-to-back weekends uh, away. Well, it's in a city I used sort to live in, away. so there's a lot of things to see. Yeah, sort of away. It's, it's okay. It's got a king bed and a 70-inch television. That's all I need. This is very true. I always go for the king bed. We can't not sleep in a king Like, that is a disqualifier for me. If you don't have a king bed, I'm out. I might as well sleep on the couch because oh, we are used to a lot of space. I was going to say, you've got a king bed at home. I have a California king. What is that? Uh, it is as wide as it is long. So I, you literally can sleep in it either direction. So it's like a wrestling ring, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And uh, six foot five Jeremy needs that much space. <laughs> I need there to be zero chance you're going to okay. accidentally touch me while I'm asleep because Fair I will enough. wake up immediately and get angry. I love just being able to get away. I don't care where my hotel room is. I don't have to see the ocean because if I see the ocean, I want to get into it. And I know there's no chance of that happening when the water is so cold. You actually answered a question I've had for years. I used to fly into towns and I would see these little hotels beside the airport and I would go, who would stay there? <laughs> me. Figured it out. Hey, it's cheaper. Of, of course it is, because everything in the building shakes violently every 19 minutes. I wasn't near the airport. You looked like you were I near the airport. I was not near the airport. We were, we were right by the, uh, the old radio towers of, uh, of iHeart Charleston. <laughs> so it's like, I used to, we used to have to service the towers out here. So, oh, they're right there. Oh, there they are. They used to be in the middle of, just in the middle of the woods. And now everything has grown up around it, and they've built hospitals and hotels and all kinds of things right there around those radio towers. Uh, but that was that was the nice thing, you know. Some people like to see the ocean. Uh, I'm I'm good with seeing my old radio towers. Just a little a little throwback. I'm a radio nerd. What can I say? 
I saw that picture and laughed until it hurt. <laughs> and it was so it was rainy, it was nasty and foggy the entire time we were there. So in the middle of the night when they lit up, they looked like big old red Christmas trees. Yeah, I had to uh, have the fate come play this morning that I still have my Christmas tree up. It's already been ridiculous. it's already been a Valentine's Day tree and I'm getting ready to decorate it as a St. Patrick's Day tree. Oh, there you go. We're going to get out the green ornaments and put those on it. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble with uh, mom and dad because they, they kept our new puppy. And uh, apparently, Daisy likes wooden ornaments off the Christmas tree. And I kept getting threatening text messages from my mother of how long my dog was going to live if she ate another one of her Christmas ornaments. And my thought was, put up the Christmas tree! It's, it's Valentine's Day! It's a Valentine's Day tree. It's not, though. It's not. Not the way my parents do it. They've still got the Santa Clauses out and everything. I had to go over there between shows today to get up in the attic to get all the boxes down so Dad can put up all the Christmas ornaments. Should have done this like a month ago. Nope. It's an all-year tree. I feel feel bad if my tree's still up at uh, Martin Luther King Day. Nope. All-year tree. (laughs) I'm out on the all-year tree. My hope is that I can delay Amy from putting it up for so long that she finally just goes, well, we're closer to Christmas now than we are away from it. So it wouldn't make any sense. Is this an actual Christmas tree or is this that wire uh, draft day tree that we had? Oh, the draftmas tree? Yeah, the draftmas no, tree. No, the, dra- the draftmas tree is up as well, but oh, okay. that's downstairs. The draftmas tree will be moving into the sportsocracy studio soon enough because we it's draftmas time. We were just at your house to watch the fight a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even notice your Christmas tree was still up. Which is funny because you were sitting right beside it. Was I? You literally could have reached out and touched it. I bet I could have. And it was lit up. The sad thing is we keep plugging it up. <laughs> we turn the lights on. Like, right. I, I mean, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go home tonight and start singing Christmas carols. <laughs> Dashing through the snow. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, it doesn't feel too much like too too far removed from Christmas outside. Uh, Twenty-seven degrees here at the uh Ingles studio. The low tonight's like seventeen. This hour of the program, by the way, brought to you by Ingles, low prices, and love the savings. This weekend was fun. Got away for a while, got to see some old friends, had a little uh had a little captain's boil. We had NASCAR. NASCAR yep. happened. Yep. It did, even though it happened in the wee hours of the morning on Monday. I I can't open this show with anything other than what we talked about to open the show this morning. <laughs> How in the world are you sponsored by a company that makes rain tires and you cannot figure out how to drive a car in the rain? It's not I understand safe. that it goes 200 and something miles away. I get that. Govern it back. <laughs> Throw some rain tires, some windshield wipers. So- some so headlights see, that aren't stickers. So you want to see them going like 70 miles an hour in the rain. You want to, you want to know what I don't want to see? I don't want to see me have to stay up until 1.15 in the morning to see who wins a race. That's what I want. Because I that I'll, was horrible and is part of why I am so cantankerous right now. I think that was two days ago. You didn't, you didn't have time to recover yesterday? No, because I, unlike you, worked yesterday. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't do yeah. that. No, didn't didn't do you didn't even call to ask if I was. No, you told me you you thought about you were going to go in yesterday, and I was like, that ah, good for you, good for you, good for you. That's I'm a, not doing that. Yeah, we have our our merch <laughs> store is relaunching on Friday. I have things to do. Yeah, you've been working hard. <sighs> I didn't just get to sit home. 
I was in the studio before I'm usually in the studio yesterday. Nice. nice. I mean, that is that is hard work and dedication at its finest. And the uh, Green Spencer Media LLC he seems appreciates to be, He you. seems to be trolling me. I'm not trolling I'm, you at all. I, you know, it could not be done without your help and sacrifice. And I'm just glad I'm not the one that has to do the sacrificing. Yes. Because I'm not good I'm not good with animals. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea what you just said to me. <laughs> Anywho. Draymond Green. Aren't real. Let's talk about Draymond Green. Because Draymond Green if there are two people in the NBA that I would be okay if I never heard from again, it would be Draymond Green and Kyrie Irving. Tell me why I'm wrong. Le- LeVar Ball. Because hey, he's not in the NBA. He doesn't count. Kind of is. He's actually more in the NBA than LiAngelo is. So. <laughs> well, that's that's very true. But I think those are the two. Because the two stories that have have either just completely befuddled and confused me the most over the last six days has been, one, the Kyrie Irving story where he's talking about, oh, the league just piles all these games on us, and they're pulling our players out, and we're just such you know, a downtrodden team because of the league. Well, you're making only, excuses uh, of why they are horrible. It's because you don't play defense. Well, it also doesn't hurt that you only have eight players. You have seven guys on your team that belong in the G League <laughs> because you traded them all for James Harden. Right. And then you got Draymond Green last night after the game talking about how uh, I, I still can't wrap my head around it. Players, teams get to talk about trading players, but players can't talk about wanting to trade, that it's a double standard. And I guess, and I've still yet to hear anyone explain it to me logically as to why this argument makes any sense at all. Well, because there there are people in sports media that will pile on guys for requesting a trade or demanding yeah. a trade or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Now, me, I could care less. Especially the way James Harden did it. I did. Uh, I didn't like the way James Harden did it because he ballooned up to his fighting weight and decided to... Uh, I still say he was wearing a fat suit. Uh, he wasn't, but I, I didn't love that. But I don't care if you demand a trade. I mean, this is... To me, this is pretty simple. You're drafted into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now, once you sign a contract, you have a little bit less leverage to me. If you're on a rookie deal, I will never say anything against you for demanding a trade. Mm-hmm. How many How many guys get put into the NBA and just... Awful circumstances. I mean, I look at Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was put in an absolute no-win scenario. And there are a lot of people that say he's a bust and all these other things. And to a point, he is, but he's still a good player. I I could care less that he wanted a trade. Mm -hmm. Now, to say that you don't understand what the Clippers or what the, uh, the Pistons are doing with Blake Griffin or what the Cavaliers are doing with Andre Drummond, we are being disingenuous mm-hmm. because you 100% know exactly what they're doing. And I got news for you. The Warriors are going to be doing it with Draymond Green real soon. <laughs> because every passing day, his contract looks more and more like an albatross because he is all of a sudden not good at basketball. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even realized this. I hadn't watched a lot of uh, Warriors basketball. He this has year. been at times very difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me you don't understand what the what the Cavs are doing with Andre Drummond, really? He's owed 30 plus million dollars. Right. The only way you're definitively on the hook for all of that. 
after a year where you haven't had fans, is if he gets hurt. You'll be lucky if they don't transport him between the hotel and the and the the, the arena in a limo made of pillows <laughs> right. just to make sure that there is nothing that could accidentally harm him. Right. Can they get one of those limos like the president has that apparently takes a 15-ton crane to lift? Yeah, because it weighs like four tons. <laughs> right. Because everything is reinforced. I just, To me, this is just disingenuous. And we've talked mm-hmm. about that. This has been the number one topic on all sports talk today. Mm-hmm. Does Draymond have a point? No. No. no but, and and here's the thing. Nobody wants to say what I'm getting ready to say. Because the point's stupid. At the end of the day, Draymond, Andre Drummond did this to himself. He enacted a player option knowing full well Cleveland wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They got him for a two. They absorbed him into cap space. Because he was the best player they could get for the time being, and they were willing to pay the contract. Well, now things have changed. Now they've procured Jared Allen in the deal that led to Oladipo being in Houston and James Harden being in Brooklyn. You're not part of the future. You know that. You know that definitively. Mm -hmm. Blake Griffin, same thing in Detroit. Blake Griffin can look around and go, you know, I don't think I fit here anymore with Jeremy Grant, who, by the way, plays the same position, Mm -hmm. that they just paid a boatload of money to. And Blake's been one of the most inefficient players in the NBA. It will it will never cease to amaze me how a lot of players do not understand that this is still a job and it's still a business. And they always say that they get that it's a business until they don't. Mm-hmm. If And I'll give you an example. No matter what business you're in, if you were as bad at your job as Blake Griffin has been, you would have been fired. Period. You don't have a guaranteed contract. They would have stopped paying you because he has been an atrocity. Right. Andre Drummond, same thing. He's not been good. People point to the stats. Would you like, let me just take you down memory lane with Andre Drummond. He's been in the league since 2012. Do you care to take a guess what the most wins any team he's ever been on has had? It's 44. Wow. They play 82. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good you are at math. But that means that team went 44 and 38. Right. That's the best team he's played on by a lot. He does, he's not conducive to winning basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither is Detroit. I understand that. Neither is Cleveland. Right now, these are not conducive places to winning basketball. But they're trying to rebuild with younger players. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. This, this is the way it goes. Every player in the NBA at some point is not going to be worth it anymore. Right. I just can't wrap my head around the the point that he's trying to make here, you know, saying that, uh, well, here's the quote. To watch Andre Drummond before the game sit on the sidelines, then go uh, to the back, and to come out in street clothes because the team is going to trade him, it's BS. What's BS about that? Like, I'm trying to figure out where where is the harm here? Because when we, you know, when we as media members rip a basketball player for demanding a trade and doing exactly what James Harden did in Houston of just, you know, what, playing 20% of his capability on the last days of the trade, on the, his last days with the team in order to force a trade, you're harming that team. Mm-hmm. The team is being hurt by that. Yeah. And you're that's, hurting your value. Right. That's why he gets so much crap for it. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, if a team says, we need to trade this guy, we're going to sit him, where's the harm to the team? Well, and and where's to... the harm to the player? How is the player harmed by being told not to play? Well, here's the other part of this that Draymond Green seemed to not get the memo on. How long ago did they trade for Jared Allen? 
It was over a month ago. Mm-hmm. You do realize that they've kept playing him through this, right? And they've actually been trying to showcase him. Andre Drummond's had one of the best months of his career being the centerpiece of that Cleveland offense. And they've probably been a little in their feelings watching him because he has gotten, not hurt, but he's gotten dinged up a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I would say the front office finally just went, okay, we've done all we can do. We cannot risk being on the hook for this deal. And I struggle to believe they're going to buy him out. I do kind of think he ends up being dealt okay. because there's only one year left on the deal. So let's say Charlotte has become a really popular destination for Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. It would cost you Cody Zeller. It would cost you Terry Rozier. And there would probably be some draft pick compensation coming from Cleveland to Charlotte. There would have to be. It's not going to be much. And it's going to be very unlikely to convey. It probably becomes two twos because that's how NBA trades work. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it would make Charlotte better because it would give you a defensive rebounder that you could put out there with P.J. Washington who does play away from the basket, mm-hmm. and that would probably work. Plus, mm-hmm. the Terry Rozier deal is not great. You know you're going to have to break up this backcourt of Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier because they can't play together. I think we're all falling in love with LaMelo Ball, and I understand it. He's mm-hmm. been the best rookie in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I think we're falling in love with him because he makes Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier better. When he's out there, they're much better because they can be hidden on whoever the lesser scoring talent is. Right. So that could fix equal problems. But at the end of the day, anybody that watches the NBA will tell you Andre Drummond's not a winning player. Mm -hmm. And you knew as soon as the Jared Allen deal happened, and they wind up with a young franchise cornerstone piece, you knew Andre Drummond was was not long for this. And And he's been completely quiet about it. Right. I was going to say you had the point this morning that Andre knew. Andre knows when you know when he had the when he exercised the player option. You had to know, just like Nicholas Batum. Nicholas Batum knew his time on Charlotte was not going to be long, but as long as he's got the ability to make twenty seven million dollars a year, which is exactly twenty four million more than he made on the open market, right? And they know that. Right. If you're so upset about the destination, decline the option. Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond could have gone anywhere he wanted to. But he knew I'm not worth thirty. I think it's thirty-one million. Yeah, I think that's what he's making this year. He knew I'm not worth that on the open market. If I get into free agency, I'll be lucky to make ten million. Mm-hmm. I'll most likely wind up as as part of the the mid-level exception or something like that. So he took the money. When you take the money, I have absolutely no sympathy for you. You could have controlled this, and you chose not to. And why Draymond Green is the is the voice of reason? I, I have no idea because. Your time of this is coming he's quickly not, because you're very well paid and you're in no way living up to it. And maybe that's it. Maybe he knows that this is coming and he wants to get in front of it to know that he, you know, to let people know that he's not okay with the way this goes down. And okay, fine. But here's your problem. What does it hurt? Where is the harm in telling a player you're not going to play anymore until we move you? I don't understand that part of it. He's talking about Andre Drummond like he's a victim in all of this. Oh, they told him he can't play. Well, heck, half the players in the NBA, I, I think, would rejoice if their team came to him and said, hey, guess what? You got an off night tonight. And, you know, three nights from now, you may make, be making your debut in a brand new uniform. And he probably will. Mm-hmm. But, I, again, I don't see what the harm is there. Because he calls it an embarrassment to players. How is it embarrassing for a team to announce that they're going to trade you and sit you? 
Because don't, they don't want you to get hurt because you have guaranteed contracts. Right, but I don't understand how he comes to the real or comes to the theory that this is an embarrassment for the player. I I'm lost on that one. Right, you're going to have to walk me through that one mm-hmm. because he's still. It's not like the. It's not like they sat him down and because he's not playing, he's not getting paid anymore. Right, he is. He's still drawing a check every week, just like he would have if he was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. The only thing they have done is protected themselves from him possibly getting hurt, which, by the way, is beneficial to him too. Andre Drummond's never been exactly the pillar of health. Mm-hmm. And the way they've been using it, because they were showcasing him, to trade him. This is the most beneficial thing for all parties. And what I can't figure out is why does somebody like Draymond Green, who, by the way, is getting ready to be the, the, the poster child of this, do you know how much he makes? No clue. 25? <laughs> He's signed for four more years. After this year? No, 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 including this year. Oh, okay. He's signed for four more years at $25 million a year. Yep. He's averaging five points a game. That's five, not 15, <laughs> not 25, five. <laughs> and, and it's just, I, I don't understand it. This is what's, in all reality, I was prepared, because this happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to come in the studio and say, good on Cleveland and good on Detroit. For not risking this guy's health, mm-hmm. knowing full well he's that you're playing for nothing because you're not part of the the future of this franchise, and they're going to discuss field offers and do what's best for the players involved. And these are not two franchises that historically do that. Right. I was fully prepared to say those things in this block today, and then Draymond Green has an argument that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. And maybe it's because I don't care when players ask for when they demand mm-hmm. trades. I could care less. Mm-hmm. If there's a market for you, they'll trade you. If there's not, they won't. Right. That's how it works. Well, I and, and this is the only part that I see from Draymond Green's side is that he's what I'm guessing, what I'm inferring from what he's saying is that we expect players to be loyal, but we don't expect the franchises to be loyal to the players. Okay. Who, I, who expects anybody to be loyal? There is no loyalty in sports. Fans. None. Fans expect guys to be loyal to their team. What percentage of fans expects that? Oh, I, want, I, would, I want to talk about I would, that. I would imagine it's a, it's a great deal. We'll talk about it up next right here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You're in the Sports Tank. Take all this, burn it, okay? Gasoline, okay. kerosene, either one. Burn it. Okay. It's ESPN Asheville. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green's alongside the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app now. We're talking about uh, loyalty in sports. Because I believe that, you know, that's, I guess that's where Draymond Green was going with his comments last night after the game saying that, you know, he was upset that Andre Drummond got sat before taking the floor with the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're going to try to trade him. And he says that's disrespectful. And the only thing I can, the only logic that I can take from his little tirade that lasted for three minutes last night is he's upset that there's expected loyalty from players to teams, but the reverse is not true. That the teams can do with whatever the, do with, do whatever they want with the players that they have. As far as sitting them until they get traded or or whatever, it's the only thing I can come up with, and I think to a point that's true. We expect team or we expect players to be loyal to the team, 
but not so much the team to be loyal to the player. I expect absolutely neither of either one. You don't expect expect anybody to be loyal. Not really. Hmm. Okay. Because it's an entity. I think that's an I think that's a bit of a different take. Well, I mean, all right. So, just use an example in this market. All right, you've got Christian McCaffrey, who is the the end all be all player of the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, have you read the report today that they will do anything to get Deshaun Watson? That mm-hmm. includes trading Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. who I still maintain is a net negative, but. You know, whatever, whatever you want to think. Saddle Houston with that. Go for it. And you know what? I I would wager Christian would probably be upset, but he would go to Houston and and play and be part of that rebuild. Mm-hmm. Would he love it? No. But he knew he signed a deal in Carolina that was a rebuilding franchise. You knew this was a possibility, right? You know this when you sign any deal. There's that? nobody that's. There's no player in the history of time, short of, say, short of uh, uh, Michael, that there was absolutely nothing you could do to to procure that talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, let's be Brady. Kobe. Uh, Kobe was offered more than once. Was he? Yes. Now, it was when he was later in his, in his playing career, but <laughs> okay. still. Right. The offer was made. Right. I mean, if somebody's going to do something dumb... A 37-year-old Kobe for, uh, I can't remember what the, I want to say it was Tracy McGrady. Yeah, if they would have done that, absolutely, they would have, the Lakers would have jumped on it. Mm-hmm. You'd have to. It would be ridiculous not to. But that's the way sports works. You're trying to win. This is the difference between sports and every other profession. If you work at Home Depot, you're not coming in with the intention of winning. You're not trying to beat the Home Depot <laughs> down the street. Right. That's not how it works. Right. Your success as a as a professional athlete is directly attributed to how much you win. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the greatest basketball players that ever lived. You know what they all have in common? Uh, virtually all of them won a ring at some point. Okay. Yeah. Name me the best player in NBA history that didn't. Charles Barkley. That's the one I knew you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Charles Bar- Barkley, Pat Ewing. That's it. That's where that, that's where that argument begins and ends. Mm-hmm. But then you look at all the ones that you would put over them. Michael and Wilt and Kareem and Magic and on and on and on and on and on. Your value is directly attributed to how likely you are to help this team win. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't. Ex- I expect no loyalty from players. I expect no loyalty from teams. You're trying to do what's best for you. Yeah. You are at any given time one phone call of one GM that's ready to do something stupid to prove that there is no loyalty. Name me a current athlete that's not movable in any sport. Oof. Patrick Mahomes. All right, let's play a fun game. Let's say the Buffalo Bills decided that, you know what, Pat Mahomes is exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. And and Brandon Bean gets a wild hair, and he calls Kansas City and says, I'll give you Josh Allen and six ones. How fast is Pat on a plane? <laughs> because it's instantaneously. Right. You wouldn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Just understand that that's, that's where sports is. That's, that's what this is. Right now, conversely, let's say Kansas City decides after you know what the, the Super Bowl run. I saw the deficiencies. We don't want to do this this way. And out goes Tyreek Hill, and out goes Travis Kelsey, and Pat Mahomes is throwing to a receiving core that looks like Houston. How happy do you think he's going to be? Not very. 
And I don't expect you to. The situation changed after you signed the contract. That's another part of this. You don't have contracts virtually anywhere else. Mm-hmm. If I if I came in here on a on a Joe Buck Troy Aikman bender, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, <laughs> okay. and said something stupid, I guarantee you my contract wouldn't really mean anything, right? Because the way I would go, mm-hmm. it's not that way in the NBA. You can do anything you want. You can balloon up to you can Andrew Bynum yourself right out of the league. There's nothing they can do to recoup the money. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want the security of guaranteed contract, this is what comes along with it. Is that at some point, if the team goes another direction, that contract is just not as valuable to them anymore, and now they're going to look to move it. Yeah. Hmm. I still think there's a, there's a lot of loyalty that is expected, and I think fans, for the most part, expect their the the players on their favorite team to be loyal to that team. If you agree, give us a call two five two forty three forty eight two five two four three four eight. We we want to hear what you think. Because Jeremy and I are the loggerheads on this one. We're we're not going Out to. What? Yep, yep, yeah, I said it. Are you doing it on purpose? <laughs> I, I've now come up with a new phrase. I'm just going to start slipping in all these phrases on you since you you are so out of touch with phrases. Well, I still want to know who Katie is and why she's barring a door. Mm-hmm. I also want to know what barring a door means. You you reinforce the door. You You make sure no one can get through the door. You bar the door. What is on the other side of that door that Katie's so scared of? I, I, I'm, I, I don't understand. I, the enemy! The enemy! I, d- I don't understand these little turns of phrase you have. You had another <laughs> well, one the, about uh, a, the canary in the, cano- in the coal mine. If it had been the canary in the cannoli, it would have been, it would, if A made a little bit more sense, and B, it would have been a lot weirder of an analogy. <laughs> Leave the canary, take the cannoli. That's. Ooh. I do like cannolis. That was a Godfather reference, by the way. Never seen it. You didn't stop that. You have seen it. You told me you had seen it. Yeah, because sometimes I just tell you things so you leave me alone oh, about it. Oh, my gosh. Just like telling Josh Michael I've seen Top Gun. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Come on. It's one of the best lines ever. It's like telling Josh Michael I'd seen Top Gun. At some point, I just wanted him to stop yelling at me. Gonna- <laughs> I wanted him to just be done with this conversation. Okay, talking about other uh, things. Apparently, Jeremy, Jeremy and I are going to go to the mattresses on this thing. Uh, we are <laughs> we are going to fight till the end on this. 252-4348. 252-4348. Give us a call here in Angle Studio. What do you think? Do you expect loyalty from, t- from players of your favorite team? Because I would be willing to wager that it's a if you did a poll... It's a good 45% of fans that expect loyalty from the players on their favorite team. And after just a bit outside, I'll tell you why I think you're wrong. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Now we've got a former Olympic swimmer who is in a little bit of trouble down in Australia. Former Olympic swimmer who won a silver medal for Australia has been arrested. Scott Miller, 45 years old. He was uh, arrested today and charged with running a syndicate trafficking in ice. Apparently it's crystal meth. That's uh, another name for it. Methyl, Methyl amphetamines. The only person I've ever heard call it that was Dog the Bounty Hunter. 
What, ice? Yeah, I had yeah. to actually Google that one time. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> Maybe it's, I don't know. Anyway, uh, apparently, Scott Miller and another gentleman who is not named in the story were arrested in uh, a couple of raids where they found numerous drugs, about $2 million, well, this is $2 million Aussie dollars, so it's $1.6 million U.S. dollars in methamphetamine. Also, they seized uh, 2.2 pounds of heroin, other drugs, and cash in the raids, and apparently, yeah, Miller, uh, a spokesman, said Miller is the head of a criminal syndicate that sold ice across New South Wales state and said that investigations were continuing and that further charges are expected. So Olympic silver medalist Scott Miller from Australia uh, needs a darn good lawyer. (laughs) In what can only be described as this explains a lot, appearing on the Colin Cowherd podcast, Joe Buck said he and Troy Aikman used to share tequila in the booth. Nice. There have been multiple times that I've seen Troy Aikman and gone, that, that, pull the Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy that looks like he's having a bit of a day. <laughs> this Apparently, the story was reported like six years ago, too, and none of us paid any attention to okay. it. Okay. Because I found it going back a ways. He just said this on the Colin Cowherd podcast, mm-hmm. which is apparently a new podcast that Colin Cowherd is doing. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to find the quote. Conveniently named. I I scrolled by. He said, I'll say this. We've had that glass of bourbon in the booth. Although it's not bourbon, it's tequila with a splash of Grand Marnier and grapefruit juice. He said when he started in baseball, he would actually get one of the showrunners to go get him the most expensive beer in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently when he joined forces with Troy Aikman, Troy has a little bit more expensive taste (laughs) than Joe Buck does. (laughs) He likes them stiff drinks. He said, this has not happened in a while. But it has happened since they've been doing the NFL well, together. Well, one is okay. Uh, two, you get into a little bit of a problem. Trying to keep up your speech patterns and, you know, gets a little harder to hide if you've had a few. I, I would argue there's a lot of people that commentate games that have had a few. I would argue not as many as there used to be. Oh, certainly. I mean, it's, clear. it's certainly much less likely to happen now. Right. Right, because you never know where the snitches are. That's the problem. I mean, you never know who's going to rat you out. I mean, let's be really honest. It's pretty widely known that Harry Carey had more than one four beer lunch before a uh, before a Wrigley doubleheader. Mm-hmm. He, he used to drink in the booth. Yeah, he had more than four beers live on the air. Yeah, I think, yeah. Still, one of my favorite calls ever was when they were playing the Cardinals, <laughs> and I had I used to have the clip of Harry Carey saying, "Now coming out of the bullpen, Jason." Isringhausen. He couldn't say Jason Isringhausen. Okay, first of all, was- first of all, Jason Isringhausen is a very difficult name. Right. <laughs> Second of all, that sounded like a lot of Harry Carey calls. If we're being really honest, true. Very true. That's why he's one of the greats. Absolutely. Because he could be, you know, seven sheets to the wind and still call baseball better than half the guys in the game. This is why I firmly believe one day Pat McAfee and I should be in a booth together with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I think it would be the greatest now, call. Now, here's a broadcast crew that's getting nothing done. Yeah, uh, that one would have to be streamed live on Twitch because I don't think there's a cable network on Earth that would allow that to happen. Nope, that's pay-per-view football right there. I think it's a grand idea. 
pay-per-view football with uh, uncensored broadcasts? Yes. I wonder how many people would actually pay for that. I think more than you'd believe. Really? I really do. I'll put it this way. I don't think I would. I would pay for every Sunday night game if I did not have to listen to Chris Collinsworth. I mean, that's actually... Yeah, they could have I'm SpongeBob, Patrick, and the Squirrel commentating this. I would pay $2 a, a, every Sunday night to listen to that commentary as opposed to Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> All right. Because every time he says, now here's a guy, my, like my brain pushes against my skull mm-hmm. and, a, and a headache ensues that I, I really would like to not happen. All right, so why do you think loyalty is not a thing in sports anymore? You buy, so, so we as fans, we buy jerseys, right? Yep. Do you buy the jersey for the name on the back or the name on the front? Depends. Does it, though? Yeah, it does. All right, let's, let's play a game. So you're a Buccaneers fan, right? Yes, I am. Name me a Buccaneer in the history of time that you would have bought their jersey somewhere else. That I would have bought their jersey somewhere. Yeah, so, but, so if they played for someone yeah, else, the, I would have the, bought the Brady effect. Gotcha. How many players in the history of your fandom would you have ever bought a jersey of another team because that guy was playing for that team? Probably it's zero. would have been Warren. Probably, I would probably would have bought a Warren Sapp Raiders jersey. But did you? If I'd have had the money. But did you? Well, no, because I'm poor and I don't have that kind of money. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could find one now for like 20 cents on eBay. Yeah, you could have probably found one from where you got your Tim Brady jersey <laughs> from. <laughs> or my Wendell Sapp jersey. Your, yeah, your, 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 your McDonald's University jersey <laughs> that you wore the other day. If you missed the show. Uh, uh, the I, Sportsocracy. Yeah. F- find the one where you'll see Tank in a jersey and you'll go, what, what team is that? Yeah, what color is that jersey? Why is he uh, wearing a Ronald McDonald jersey? Yep. And then you'll go, aha. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. At the on all the social medias. Be sure to like it, share it, and follow it. YouTube live every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have cool new things coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have new merchandise, too. Oh, this is gonna be so cool! The hats, I can't wait. The hats, the hats are phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to get the hats up on the uh, on the merch store. But I, I, I mean, I get your point. I, I get what you're saying. Now, as a guy who I've owned a lot of jerseys over my life, and it's not just from my team. I've had a couple of Tampa Bay jerseys, but I also had you know a Ladanian Tomlinson jersey because I really liked Ladanian Tomlinson. And the See, this is where my fandom is different than yours. Maurice Jones-Drew, I had a Jaguars jersey for a while. Okay, let me ask Dwight you a, Freeney, I got one of those. Let me ask you a question. I want to prove a point. Your favorite team in the NFL is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes, right? Yes, it is. Who's your second favorite team? We've had this discussion off the air before. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're getting ready to say, but I know you're getting ready to say something. Yeah. I mean, there is. It it depends. (laughs) It changes season to season. But I think probably the Green Bay Packers would probably be number two. Okay. So my point is, if for some reason the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were contracted from the NFL, you would find another team. Yes. Yes, I I would. I know you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have the Jets and 31 teams that I hate in in, in different ways. Right. To different levels. Right. I hate the New England Patriots with every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm, as you should. Mm-hmm. As you should. But see, I feel that way about every team. I it's hate the just New Orleans to, Saints. It's just not to the same level. If the Jets got contracted, it would take me 10 years to find another team. I don't think that's true. I think you'd be immediately on the Buffalo Bills. Nope. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't because I would have all these memories of watching the Jets play the Bills. I couldn't do it. 
Now, can I pull for them in in you know anecdotal times? Mm-hmm. I was pulling for the Bills against the Chiefs. Yes, you were. But in terms of long term, am I ever going to go buy myself a Buffalo Bills jersey? No, no. I've been a Florida State fan since nineteen ninety three. Uh, by the way, good win last night. I hadn't watched a lot of college basketball. Might have put a little wager on that one. Been on the wrong side. <laughs> I might need to bet against Florida State every game for the rest of the year mm-hmm. because that went splendidly, yeah, Mister Superstition over here. Uh, yeah, it's happening. Any game I think they could lose, yeah, it's happening. Every tournament game, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I've been a Jets fan since '94. We'll take uh, Carolina plus the seventeen or whatever that spread's going to be. <laughs> It ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be pretty at all. Although, uh, it seems like when when we have the large spread, uh, we wind up in overtime with Wake Forest. Yeah. We inexplicably inexplicably have, uh, uh, we get two points against Virginia, or we're giving two points against Virginia, and we won by 25. Yeah, we got a new game, by the way, uh, coming up tomorrow night here on ESPN Asheville. You will get to hear the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels take on Northeastern. Yep, that's what I thought your response was going to be. Uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Pre-game will start at 6 o'clock. Carolina against Northeastern. So I'll actually be the, uh, what did I see earlier today, the first non-conference game that they'll play in the month of February since like 2008. In Roy Williams' time at Carolina, they played four game, four non-conference games in the month of February. Two of them have been against UConn. Two of them have been against Arizona. All of them wins. I guess they're trying to build us up for, you know, 5-0 and in the month of February against non-conference teams. It's, it's Northeastern, so I'm not really all that concerned about it. But at least it's something. We're not going to have uh, Hornets basketball this week, so at least you're gonna, at, le- at least we'll have a Carolina game. To watch tomorrow night. Yes. Because the contact tracing that's going on with the Charlotte Hornets is going to knock them out of the next two games. Um, San Antonio, who was in town, or I guess is still in town, they're still in Charlotte, after four guys tested positive for the coronavirus, they're they're missing out on their next five games. It's just the way it's going to go. And the Hornets are missing this week. It is what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. It is indeed. But I just want to throw that out there. A little schedule change last minute. Northeastern and the Tar Heels tomorrow night right here on ESPN Asheville at 7 o'clock. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. Teamwork, commitment, and innovation are key ingredients for greatness on the basketball court. That's what makes Wicked Weed Brewing proud to be the official craft beer sponsor of East Tennessee State University. Since 2012, Wicked Weed has become one of the best craft brewers in the Southeast, creating award-winning beers like the Coastal Love Hazy IPA and Pernicious IPA. Wicked Weed was also the first in the South to open a sour beer dedicated tap room. Learn more at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different, drink responsibly. Coffee's for closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the war. Welcome back into the Sports Tank. ESPN Asheville 92.9, 880, and 1400. We finished the week six and two the last two days. Hey, there two, you go. Two, three, and one days in a row. It's got me feeling like 
We're back to where we're supposed to be. I got three NBA games for you tonight. The first one, my 2021 NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. They found something. Did you happen to see what they did to L.A. the other night? No. I understand there was no Anthony Davis. I don't care. They dominated L.A. I think they found something with Jamichael Green being in the starting lineup. Paul Millsap was always the that was always the player that teams attacked because you could stay away from Jokic by going after Millsap. Now they bring Millsap off the bench. Jamichael Green starts. Team looks way better. They're a one and a half point dog tonight to the Boston Celtics, and to me that doesn't make a lot of sense because the Celtics are doing the exact opposite. There is something off with that team, and I can't figure out what it is. I thought when they got back to healthy that everything would be good. This team would get back to normal, and it hasn't. Mm-hmm. I, maybe Mark, maybe Marcus Smart really is the 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 straw that stirs the drink. There, I, I don't know. But the Celtic team look looks off. Well, it's because Jason Tatum's still Ronan. Uh Yeah, he uh, yeah that. <laughs> uh, but he will play tonight. I don't think it matters. <laughs> Give me the Nuggets plus one and a half. I think they win outright. Next up, the Memphis Grizzlies are a a one-and-a-half-point dog to the New Orleans Pelicans. This is going to be a track meet. And there's good Zion, there's bad Zion. There's good Lonzo, there's bad Lonzo. And you know when that tends to come out? When they're having to guard mismatches. Do you know who they guard tonight? Who's that? John Morant and Brandon Clark. Give me the Grizzlies plus one-and-a-half. Finally, the Phoenix Suns are a seven-point favorite tonight against... The team I hate most in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you care to take a stab at who's starting for the Nets tonight? Uh, I know it's not Kyrie Irving. Or Kevin Durant. Or Kevin it's Durant. James Harden and Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Woohoo! The Suns are one of the best teams in the league nobody talks about. To me, this game's not even going to be close. Give me the Suns. Minus the seven. Yeah, you pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Oh, man. Yeah, Kyrie Irving sitting out another game. His back hurts. This is my back, coach. Uh, yeah, he's actually hurt, though. Is he? I, I mean, I would. I, I, I take every chance to take shots at Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, but I, I can't this time. And I think uh, Kevin Durant has been in health protocols for like a, a year now. I'm just wondering who he's going to blame it on. Kyrie? Yeah. He actually got hurt. Because it seems to, I mean, he seems to blame everything on everyone else these days. I'm just... His his whole thing late last week with the the this the NBA's just piling games on us and taking our players out and we have to you know the refs are against us. Stop it, dude. You're not that good. Yeah, you know what's against you? The fact that, that you can't play any defense. Exactly. Your team's just not that good. You have all this talent, can nobody play defense. Mm-mm. And you're going to get you know, that's why you end up getting in these games and losing to teams that you should not be losing to. And here's the thing. Phoenix is not a shabby team. No, Phoenix is at good. All. It, at, at all. Phoenix is good. They've carried over what, what happened in the bubble. Uh, now they've got Chris Paul. This team's good. And this team's the scariest part of the Suns to me, DeAndre Ayton's not been good in large part. Mm-hmm. I, defensively, he's been a sieve. They're still the fourth best team in the West. Behind Utah, the Lakers, and the Clippers. This team is talented and they're young. Mm-hmm. This is one of those teams I look at and go, you're going to be a headache in a year or two. <laughs> I can look at them very similarly to how I look at my uh, 2021 NBA champion Denver Nuggets. Right. The more time goes on, the more cohesive you get, the more of a headache you're going to be. I mean, I don't know. I just, to me, the Brooklyn Nets, 
shouldn't be in dogfights down to the end with teams like the Sacramento Kings. Well, that's what happens when you can't defend. Mm-hmm. And they can't defend. Right. I'm just done with the Nets completely. This whole thing has gone way worse than I thought it would. I thought maybe there would be some some semblance of normalcy with this team coming together, but it's just not. And every day it's a brand new storyline. Well, I mean, when you give up that many points, there's two teams in the NBA that give up more points than the Nets, who, by the way, before James Harden showed up, they played real slow. Mm-hmm. So that really should tell you a lot more about the fact that the only two teams that give up more points than them are the Wizards and the Kings. Although James Harden and uh, Kyrie seem to be playing nicely together. I mean, Harden's been running as the point guy, mm-hmm. That's which makes no sense to me. But, you know, you do what you do. But did you think that he would? Did you think that he would take the back seat? I didn't. Kyrie, uh, oh, no. That James Harden would take the back seat no, and let and I Kyrie, still- you know, score more points than he ever has no and i still think it's gonna be a problem we'll see got another hour on the way stay with us sports centers next this is the sports tank with jeremy green you look at my numbers i'm i'm balling beer city's best sports talk is on the air get involved call 252-4348 tweet the show at sports tank espn the sports tank Come get you some of this. Can't wait. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. And, of course, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Drink different. The rumors continuing to fly about over the NFL, what's going to happen in the offseason. And uh, unfortunately, yes, as you heard in the top of the hour Sports Center update there, the uh, Carolina Panthers having to make a very tough decision and letting Kawan Short go. But they saved $8.5 million in cap space by doing it. It's been a rough couple of years for K1. And I can't really fault the team for this. Is this another one of those situations where would would we have liked to have seen more loyalty from the Carolina Panthers? No. <laughs> would we? <laughs> the guy's played five games in two years. Right. And this is the way the business works. Right. One of your greatest abilities better be your availability. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think he'll be a, a good player somewhere else if he can get on the field. Mm-hmm. He was going to be a $20.8 million cap hit this year for the Carolina Panthers. And they figured, well, we got to save money somewhere. Because it looks like this Carolina Panthers team is going to try to do something splashy. Uh, I do have to kill the... Uh, it's 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 buzzing around social media right now. David Newton did not say you were going to give up Christian McCaffrey and three ones for Deshaun Watson. Okay. They asked him to do a bold prediction article on, uh, or they asked him for, they did a bold prediction article on ESPN.com. Okay. He is the Panthers insider. That was his bold prediction, is that they will give up three ones in Christian McCaffrey for uh, Deshaun Watson. It's not going to happen. No. I love bold predictions. These, I, they I, always do these bold prediction things, and then somebody says something outlandish, and then 
they get backlash for it, and it's like, well, it was a bold prediction. Well, don't make bold predictions that can't happen. Oh, yeah, I mean, it could happen. It's just not going to. I mean, from the Carolina perspective, yeah, they could 100% do that. Mm-hmm. When they call Houston, they're going to be like, ah, uh, the kitchen's on fire. i got to call you back. <laughs> well, I mean, it was like uh, for in the run-up to the Super Bowl, they did a bold predictions article on ESPN, and I want to say it was like Field Yates or somebody. Their bold prediction, no, I can't remember. Anyway, one of them. Maybe it was Dan or it was Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky's bold prediction for the Super Bowl was that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to run for 150 yards against the Tampa Bay defense. Uh, that didn't happen. That can't happen. It could. <laughs> I mean, I guess theoretically it could happen, but it's not gonna. Don't use your bold predictions for that. Use it for something that actually could happen. I I greatly prefer those to the whatever the exact opposite of that is, and they happen in the same articles. The Dallas Cowboys will franchise Dak Prescott. Is that's your bold prediction? That's not a really. bold prediction. That's about as bold as saying, "I'll bet I'm going to eat something before the day's over." <laughs> What's it going to be? Don't know. Right. Too bold. Right. I just spicy, spicy. I, I, I just don't see the point in wasting the time to do bold predictions that you know will never come to pass. At least make it something realistic. Like if he just said Clyde Edwards-Alaire runs for two touchdowns, that would have been a bold prediction in my opinion. But I guess that's just not spicy enough for ESPN. <laughs> go with we are the network. 150 yards. We are the network of the spicy, spicy. I'm not sure there had been a that there had been a team who had ran for eight, uh, 150 yards, com, you know, combined against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all year long, but. It is what it is. And no, Christian McCaffrey and three first-round picks is not going to be the deal that gets Deshaun Watson away from Houston. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> You're going to have to come much harder than that. We it, it, I, it, Since you said that, I do feel like mm-hmm. I have to impart this. You do realize that the first domino to drop is going to be Carson Wentz, not yes. Deshaun Watson, right? Yes. I've gotten some questions about that over the three-day weekend. Of what's going to happen? For, it's Carson Wentz, no doubt, mm-hmm. and that's down to a very, very small field. What do you think the time frame is on a Deshaun Watson deal? When do you think it gets done? Would you say within the next two weeks? No, I, I think if it gets done before the draft, which I think for it to happen, it has to happen before the draft. Mm-hmm. I could see a path where Houston tries to make a run. You know, they try to they try to add some pieces to make this better for Deshaun Watson, which I don't know what you think you're going to add. Because now you have the nomad uh, Brandon Cooks on your team, and that's that's his number one receiver. Right? Did you hear the story about him today? By the way, no. I I about Brandon it, Cooks. Yeah, okay. I heard it from Pat McAfee that, and I can't remember where this came from, but. That when when New England traded for Brandon Cooks, the reason they traded for Brandon Cooks was to build a downfield passing game with Jimmy Garoppolo. It was not really intended for Tom, and then mm. Tom won MVP. Right, and it was you know trying to say what I've said for years that Bill Belichick's nowhere near the GM that he is the head coach. Right, which I didn't think was that spicy, but 
Pat got some backlash for it. See, this is why, I mean, this is just another piece of evidence to me that shows New England will probably do whatever they can within their power to get Jimmy G back. If Jimmy G's on the market, New England's got to be the number one suitor. Because that's who Bill wanted. Bill will definitely be interested. I can't say that they're the number one suitor. I mean, they would probably be the most interested in Jimmy. The problem is that I don't... I struggle to look at New England's roster and think you're going to go all in on a vet quarterback. Mm -hmm. Now, I also thought Bill was going to retire. So... And that's clearly not happening. Oh, I want it to so bad. (laughs) I want it to happen now. I want it to happen now. Even more than, than when I was hearing that was a possibility. I want it to happen right now. Oh, August rolls around and Bill just goes... I uh, I don't want to coach anymore. <laughs> I'm on to Boca Raton. Just leaves them high and dry. I'm on to the golf course. I don't think that's going to happen. Would be tremendous. <laughs> I I think I think he's got several more years left in him. Oh, I don't think it's. Several. I really do. I don't think it's several. I don't think he's going to be as bad as they're going to be for an extended period of time. He wants to that is it. one of the funniest parts of this offseason to me is how many teams I just that I look at and just go, you are absolutely up a creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. New England's one of them. The New Orleans Saints are one of mm-hmm. them. Pittsburgh's one of them. Like, there's just nothing you can do. I actually, so yesterday, one of the things that I did uh, when I came into work was I tried to figure out how New Orleans could get below the salary cap. I spent 35 minutes trying to do it. And then just tapped out and went, I've already signed six restructured deals that there's no way the player would do that. Right. And I'm still $20 million <laughs> over the salary cap. <laughs> and see, at that point, you just got to start cutting people. I'd already done that. Oh, I'd already cut like 10 different guys. The problem is that they've kicked the can down the road. So now it's there's a dead cap, George, on every one of these guys. Right. Oh, it saves you five. Yeah, but there's a $4 million dead cap hit. Mm-hmm. This is going to be such a good, such a good offseason. Well, I mean, it's already started with J.J. Watt. The J.J. Watt sweepstakes is apparently in full effect. (laughs) I love how every beat writer is trying to be the first to say, he's signing with my team. Everyone. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com put out the report this morning that J.J. Watt, quote, seriously considering joining the Cleveland Browns. No, he's not. There's not a person who heard that that's not a Cleveland Browns fan that went, yeah, that's true. Because we all know what Cleveland is. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say he's not considering it. He could be considering it. Okay, okay it's gonna gonna if every other team says no to me, then maybe I'll take a spot with the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is looked at in league circles much more positively than they are by you. I don't know and why. by me. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you, but I don't know why. See, here's the here's my problem with it. Cleveland is not a perennial winner. I don't care if you're a perennial winner. I care what you are right now. Okay. And let the me, problem is that right now you have a lot of very high priced assets that as soon as you pay Baker Mayfield, you can't afford anymore. Let me ask you this: um, scale of one to ten, how surprised? Six. One, <laughs> one being not surprised at all. Uh, 10 being super surprised, how surprised would you be if the Cleveland Browns did not make the playoffs next year? If 
they didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody from that division has to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you're going to have two very bad teams in that division. I would be about a seven, actually. I would be very surprised if they didn't make the playoffs next really? year. But you got to remember, Baker's deal doesn't care. He's still cheap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've heard the rumors about Odell Beckham going to Tampa, which, by the way, can we stop doing that? <laughs> can, can we just, can we stop doing that? I'm holding my this tongue. This has been the most. I'm holding in- my tongue after, after I came out against the Antonio Brown thing and, and that blew up in my face. Uh, oh, well, there's a deal circulating now that you're talking about dealing Vita Vea and uh, Antoine Winfield for Odell Beckham Jr. That's not going to happen. I agree. Not a chance. This has been the most infuriating year I remember of people just going, hey, look, I found a trade in the salaries match. This could happen. Uh, did you give up four starters for Odell Beckham? Uh, I'm going to say it, it can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with no on that one. No. I don't even think Tom. Tom is apparently the the impetus of this. Tom Brady, Odell Beckham Jr. both have they have a relationship off the field, and they want to you know be on the same team. Well, that's all fine and good, but I don't even think Tom Brady's going to look at it and go, "Hmm, I'm going to give up a very young, very good defensive tackle." And uh, what could have been the defensive rookie of the year in the NFL this year had it not been for Chase Young. Yeah, let's give up that for Odell Beckham Jr., who can't stay healthy and hasn't been relevant since he left New York. It's, it's not going to happen. It's just what we do. It's it's where we're at. Everybody wants to be spicy, spicy. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Cleveland Browns not make the playoffs at all next year. Oh, I would. I would be shocked to not see it. They're, they're, Cleveland has money. Okay. Cleveland's a good team with money. Now, they only have that for one more year. Mm-hmm. And then Baker turns into a $30 million quarterback, and that is the definition of the carriage turning into a pumpkin mm-hmm. at midnight. And it's all over but the crying. I mean, they were an 11-win team this year. Mm-hmm. But eight of those wins came against the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're now, good is very good. Okay. But their good also comes when they have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and all of that's working on time, and Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield doesn't have to do much. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little bit more difficult to do this year. Right. I just don't see that continuing. And like I say, I won't be surprised at all if they're not in the playoffs. Because I could very well see them being in a dogfight with Cincinnati for the second spot in that division. <laughs> like when you just throw things out there and go, yeah. hey, Look at what I said. It didn't make any sense, but I said it. Why not? Uh, which reason would you like me to give you? Cincinnati could have the offensive firepower to win some games next year. Name they me could a, be an 8-18. Eight eight name me a plus defensive starter for Cincinnati. <laughs> one. I'll give you one. Just one? Gino. Who's not going to be back with the team. Oh, is he done this year? Yeah. That they don't have one. The reason that I asked that right. is I knew there wasn't an answer. Okay. Yeah, they're they're not. I mean, I I think they're going to be one of the more improved teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And even I'm sitting here like, mm, I don't know that I would have gone that far. <laughs> now we're talking all crazy. <laughs> not a believer. Just like Jacksonville. I mean, I I I think Jacksonville will be a markedly improved team. Mm-hmm. Do I think they're winning that division? No. The Jets, same thing. Jets will be a markedly improved team next year. Are they winning the division? No. No. 
No, you've you've clearly got two you, teams ahead of you. I swear to you, right now, I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. I don't know what's going to happen in the draft. I feel like I could name you seven of the eight division winners right now. Okay, Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. That's not who I was going to say. Really? I was going to say the Miami Dolphins. Really? Miami plays a... Uh, Although it's Miami and Buffalo schedules are negligible. Yeah, it's probably Buffalo. Let's okay. go Buffalo. All right. Miami's a wild card. All right. Indianapolis in the South, in the AFC South. With Carson Wentz, yes. Without Carson Wentz, I'll go Tennessee. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. <clears throat> Come on. <clears throat> no? Give them to me then. Give me your seven. It's Kansas City. Okay, I just wanted to see your response. But I do have the Chargers as a as a Walker. See, the Chargers, I think, are the team that probably snakes the that last playoff spot away from Cleveland. Okay, let me let me ask you, just since you said that. Yeah. If you had to name the rookie coach in the NFL next year that's going to win the most games, who is it? To me, this was not even a debate. I saw this debated on a show and I heard five different answers and laughed. Aggressively, yeah, probably. Be it's Brandon Staley, Staley and yeah. it's not even close. Probably Brandon Staley. I don't think there's one rookie coach that's within four games of him. Then again, I think they go ten and six. So I wouldn't be. Shocked. I think I they're going to be, be really good. I would not be shocked. You got to really. You got to. One of the number one things that gamblers like myself do is they look at how many games did you lose close mm-hmm. because that tends to be cyclical especially if you do something at the top, like change your head coach. And I just, I, I see that's a team that went, what were they, 5-11? and 11? Yeah. They were 5-11. and 11. I could easily have seen them being 11-5. and five. With even a fractionally better head coach, they're 11-5. and five. Okay. I'm with you. And I just see that team. And you get Derwin James back, and you get Bosa and Ingram and all of the things that they have. I still don't think they're in the class of Kansas City, but you think there's, a, there's a fall coming for Kansas City. I just think there's a regression because I think Tampa Bay showed how to beat them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've so so you've given me Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You give me Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. With Wentz. It's Tennessee without Wentz. Okay. Kansas City in the West. Uh-huh. Who's your North champion? Baltimore. Okay. And I don't think it's all that close. Okay. We're, okay. We're not too crazy there. Uh, NFC East? Don't know. Washington football team. The Washington football team? NFC How North? much worse could they be at quarterback than they were last year? Let's be really honest. Very true. NFC North? It's Green Bay Packers. I believe so, yes. By a mile. I believe so, yes. I also look at Carson Wentz in Chicago and go, I could see Chicago winning that division. <laughs> There's going to be a regression in Green Bay mm-hmm. with, with Aaron Jones being gone. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you. If you think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are the same running back, I have a bridge to sell you because they're not. I like A.J. Dillon. If you remember, I loved him coming out of the draft because he's a giant human that is athletically gifted in a way that people his size are not supposed to be. Right. Uh, but Aaron Jones is still a markedly better running back. Agreed. And I have no faith in that front office to get another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. They have to. Because it's almost like they just put their fingers in their ears and go, nope. I mean, Aaron, not doing it. Aaron Rodgers would burn that building Devontae, down. Devontae, 
he would show up with a case of Bud Lights and some lighter fluid and set that place on fire if they didn't get him a wide receiver in the draft this yeah, year. Yeah, if it's Marquez Valdez scaling again, I I I, I believe we're going to have to have a talk. Uh, NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would say so. Not even close. <sighs> and then the NFC West. I love how you throw how you throw in the not even. It's close. not even close. It's, it's not, not even close. close. Look. Go ahead and tell me I'm wrong. It's not even close. The New Orleans Saints are going to be a completely different team I because agree. of their cap hell. The Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers are not there and no. won't be there unless they get Deshaun Watson, which is not happening. Correct. And the Atlanta Falcons are another Matt Ryan year older. Yeah, but I think they're going to be good. I mean, they may be. I think Atlanta will be a markedly improved team. NFC West, it'll be the Rams. I say yes, but I think the Cardinals are a wild card team. Okay. I'm going to keep believing in the Cardinals. Are you going to put, you're putting Seattle out of the playoffs? Yeah. Whew. And the San Francisco 49ers as well. They could be another playoff team. San Francisco could win that division. It wouldn't shock me in the least. Mm-hmm. you got to realize how bad their quarterback play was last year. Right. If you're even league average at quarterback, that's an 8-8 eight eight team. Mm-hmm. And I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than that if they get stuck with him again. Thank you. Although they do seem to be one of the team's most hell-bent on having a different quarterback next year. Mm -hmm. Them in Carolina. And I can't get a read on who it's going to be either. Both of those teams teams just seem to be, I don't care who it is as long as it's not who we have right now. Do we have seven teams in the playoffs again next year? Yes. Okay. That's here to stay. That's not going anywhere. So I think one from each division, uh, and then all four of the <laughs> NFC West teams. It could be. It could be. <laughs> It'll be all four because the Cardinals, I think, are you know, I, as much as much crap as I gave you about the Cardinals this year, you saying they're the best team in the NFC. I had a lot of fun with that, but that is a team on the rise. We yes. can all agree with that. That's a team right on the cusp of being playoff relevant. I think all four teams in the in the NFC West next year will probably make the playoffs. Entirely possible. And I could very well see where we just get the champions from the others. No, I don't think Minnesota is going to make a big move. If they make a big move, it's going to be backwards. Right. It's going to be Kirk Cousins leaving for Drew Locke (laughs) to Denver. (laughs) Right. I got a cough. Right. But that wouldn't make them playoff relevant. I don't see the Chicago no. Bears being in the discussion again because I think they're going to be stuck it's, with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. It's all on Carson Wentz, though. Carson, I'm telling you right now, people are probably thinking I'm out of my mind about Carson Wentz. He changes a lot. And I understand that, but I still think he goes to the Colts. I do, too. The Frank Reich marriage just makes too much sense. Well, that's where he wants to go. Now it's a question of does Philadelphia want to acquiesce that mm-hmm. or do they see more value in what chicago could give them and i think depending on what uh dallas can do with their defense i think that is going to be a fight in the nfc east between them and washington i wouldn't be shocked to see both of those teams make the playoffs and the cardinals to be the team left out again but to me the cardinals are still the fourth best team in the nfc west i'm not putting anything past the seattle seahawks you get San Francisco a quarterback. Even if they kept Jimmy G and they had all of the guys back from injury that they missed this year, that's no doubt a playoff team. And then you got Matt Stafford with the LA Rams, of course. I think they're going to be the favorite by a lot. 
in that division. Two games? Two-game favorite? Probably. Okay. I think that's true. But you look over at the AFC, to me, the Cleveland Browns look like a team that could not make the playoffs next year. And I don't think J.J. Watt is signing up for that. We'll talk more destinations for old J.J. up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Kane is in the building. <laughs> You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. J.J. Watt will not choose the Cleveland Browns. I don't even believe, I have a hard time believing, I guess I should say, that the Cleveland Browns are even on J.J. Watt's list of preferred destinations. I would agree with that. Yeah, but the report today from Cleveland.com and Mary Kay Cabot says he's strongly considering joining the Cleveland Browns. I would say he's strongly considering anything at this point. But when it gets down to brass tacks, I struggle to believe that it's going to be anybody but the Green Bay Packers or the Buffalo Bills. I struggle to see him anywhere but there. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I think the uh, the attraction to play with his brothers in in Pittsburgh would but be... But they're bad. I, that I, team's bad. That's exactly where I was going with that. Was that that will be a strong, you know, that'll, that'll, that will be something to, to lure him, his interest. To reunite with his brothers, but they're but he's not going to win anything there. Nope. And I think when you get to be, you know, you get to be in your thirties as an NFL player, you start thinking rings. I want to win one. And your best options to do that would be with the Buffalo Bills, Green Bay Packers, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a four-team race. Now, apparently, the Titans are starting to make some The Titans some, always some news. make noise. <laughs> Somehow, everybody's going to the Titans at some point. Nobody ever does, but they, they're always a rumored destination of every player that winds up on the free agent market. John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, says that his club has had some preliminary discussions with J.J. Watt. But that's not a. I mean, that's not a fix for them, is it? No. I mean, JJ Watt. I get you know he's he's a really good pass rusher, but that team couldn't get home with Jadavian Clowney. And who was who was the other one that they had? Who was the other pass rusher that they had? They spent a lot of money on pass rushers. I remember. Oh, and Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley. That's it. And just couldn't get home. I don't think JJ Watt changes that. I don't either. For the Tennessee Titans. And again, don't see why he would consider that, because that's not a team that I feel is on the cusp of competing for a Super Bowl. Because they're easily, what, sixth best team, fifth best team in the AFC? I, that's probably being generous. I mean, I don't think they're bad, but it's... They're not a team I look at and go, "Oh, how are we? How are we going to beat the Tennessee Titans?" I, it's not right. how I view them. Right. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of steam picking up about the Tampa Bay thing. Everybody has jumped on that. It's been reported ad nauseum. I don't know that there's any smoke to that fire, though. They just won a Super Bowl, so they're the easiest team to tie 
big time free agents too mm-hmm. that are out chasing rings. It's very true. He's a guy that doesn't need to play for money either. No. So if it's really that important to him, maybe he'll make that decision. Maybe he won't. But I really doubt that either the Tennessee Titans or the Cleveland Browns, who are the two teams that are have J.J. Watt-related news today, are going to be the destinations. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Jeremy loves animal stories, and here's one that I think he'll enjoy. Let's go to Colombia. Not Columbia, South Carolina. The country. Colombia. Um, on February the 13th. So when was that? Saturday? Saturday, uh, closed-circuit television from the waiting room of a Colombian hospital shows a cow got into the hospital ward and started attacking patients. <laughs> Apparently... Someone had uh, a cow near the hospital, and the cow got away. It had, like, a lead on it. So, apparently, I guess it was being led down a sidewalk or something, and the cow gets away and wanders into the hospital. Obviously, people started shrieking in horror with a giant cow coming into the hospital, and, of course, the excitement causes what? The cow to go crazy. Apparently, a woman did get trampled, suffered minor injuries. She was uh, treated and later released. Weird that you have to be treated for injuries sustained in a stampede in the hospital. Um, but, but that didn't happen. Um, and the video is out there. It's quite hilarious for all to see. But who brings a cow on a leash to a hospital? That's my question. Why, like, was why Daisy we- May outside? Were they outside just waiting for the owner to get out of surgery and the first thing he had to do was see the see the cow stop, stop walking animals like they're dogs <laughs> i saw somebody walking a cat the other day and it was very it, it was very bizarre to me again thankfully nobody was seriously injured in this um but the road cow also damaged two motorcycles at the hospital's entrance and some chairs in the waiting room also in my times in nashville i've seen somebody walk a rabbit and a duck hmm on a leash. Yeah. That's a thing I saw. Cats on a leash are a no-no. Don't do that. Karen Warner of Indiana found out her biological mother's name a few years ago when Indiana unsealed her adoption records, and it came with a startling surprise. She had a twin brother. She sought help of various adoption agencies, different places to find her long-lost twin brother. She couldn't come up with one until she got hospital records from the town she was born in. She discovered that there were three adult males her age born on the same day that she was. One of them was her long-lost twin brother, who she went to high school with. Holy cow. She was friends with him in high school, and at 51 years old, they discovered they were long-lost twin siblings. They had a pair. That's incredible. There's a more nefarious part of this story that apparently they... <gasps> no. No, 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 no. No. Not, not, not that. Okay. That... There were things written in a yearbook that maybe you shouldn't have said to your mm, sister now that you know mm, your sister. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing overly bad, right. but um, yeah, it's not what, good. Like kissy faces and yeah, stuff. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. 
That's it. <laughs> Always had a crush on you for some reason. I felt there was a connection. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sharing this story to my Twitter at Jay Green ESPN. It's one of the more bu- bizarre stories I've ever seen. They also look absolutely nothing alike. That's great. These are two twin siblings born. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're twins. Right. I mean, I've seen twins that don't look a lot alike. They mm-hmm. do at least look like they're siblings. These two look nothing alike at all. Just felt there was a connection. They had just reconnected That's on Facebook funny. too, which is is also funny. Like they had just friended each other on Facebook a few months beforehand. She saw his name on the registry of the three uh, three adult males that were born in that hospital on that same day. Right. And she went, "Hey, I know him. I went to high school with him. They got a DNA test done." Turns They're out. twin siblings. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. I love twin stories. As a twin dad, you got to love twin stories. But that's just, that's a, that might be a bridge too far. What, knowing that you went to high school with your twin sibling and uh-huh. had no idea? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not good. Especially if there was some kind of little romantic thing underlying that you never knew, you know. From the it's way one of those you just never feel, you know, forever unclean, forever unclean. From the way the story was written, apparently one had a crush on the other. Mm-hmm. I never deduced which one was which. <laughs> no good can come of this. No, no, it cannot. <laughs> we tell weird stories in this segment, and that is a weird story. Yes. Uh, also, like uh, Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard apparently a little upset at Philip Rivers. Have you seen this? No. Darius Leonard says it was a complete shock that Philip Rivers announced his retirement. Really? Yeah, said that he talked to him a couple of days before he actually made the decision and he was still uncertain as to whether or not, but Leonard says he was completely floored. Completely floored that Philip Rivers decided to give it up because he was playing at such a high level for the Indianapolis Colts over this past year. Agree or disagree? I think Philip Rivers had a good year, but he I don't know fine. that. Right, but I don't know that his year was so good that you would go, "Yeah, I think I want to do this again." I think anybody that says they were shocked he retired is being less than forthright. Right. And then they said, what would you like to see in the next quarterback of the team? And he said that he would like to see a guy who's committed to committed to the team, loyal to the team, and wants to come in and help us win ballgames. That seems to be very a shot. No, he's been saying that for a week. He posted something on Twitter, basically addressed to all free agents, that if you're wanting to come to Indianapolis, you better be able to stop the run and a list of other things, and if you don't, don't even bother calling or something. Right. Like, hmm. All right. I don't know. It's an interesting like, way to go about it, but okay. In one breath, you're talking about how shocked you are that Philip Rivers decided to retire, and then the next breath, you're saying, I want somebody committed to this team. It kind of seems like a veiled shot at Philip Rivers. Like Darius Leonard, you know, is uh, is taking a jab at Philip Rivers for being selfish. Uh, if you are trying to tell me you didn't know he was going to retire, I struggle to believe you. Oh, I, I mean, agree. this is a guy that had already taken his next job and announced it. It's not like this should have been a this should have been a shock to no one. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that it was. Uh, over the weekend, we saw new photos of Deshaun Watson hanging out with his former teammates, possible future teammates. 
Raekwon Davis, and Christian Wilkins. Apparently they were hanging out over the weekend, and both those guys play with the Miami Dolphins. Do you think it's a clue into anything? No. Is there a deal working that we don't know about? We know about it. It's gotten exactly where you think it's gotten. Nowhere? No. Because Houston is still of the mindset that they're not going to trade him. I don't, still don't buy that. Oh, that's what they think. They think they will be able to do something to convince him to stay. Mm-hmm. Cal McNair continuing to say, that oh, there's a whole lot of misinformation going on out there. Um, I think everybody at this point sees what you don't see. Everybody else sees that this is a relationship that is not going to be smoothed over by David Culley. There's no amount of weapons that Houston can bring in to make Deshaun Watson happy. Correct or incorrect? I don't see a path to it. Not with him being completely up against the cap. You don't have a whole lot of assets anyway because you gave up your, I mean, you traded your picks. I mean, I think, to use the the old Fran Frischilla line, Houston's two years away from being two years away. That's fair. At this point, if you don't have the number one pick in the draft, you were better than I thought you were. That's fair. I see nothing wrong with what you say. Do you still sold that uh, this is going to happen to one of the two teams? I don't see how it's anybody else. Everything that's come out of Houston is they want a top five pick. Everybody wants to stake a claim on this. Like they've got a, they've got some skin in the game with Deshaun Watson, and it's just I don't don't understand what you're saying. There are so many reports from every fan base, from every beat writer that thinks that they they're they've got a shot. Carolina Panthers still keeping this up. Panthers, San Francisco, San Francisco doesn't have a shot. There's no shot. I mean, unless I'm just being completely lied to, which I'm not going to say is not a possibility. But everything I have heard is anything short of a top five pick in this draft, of which Atlanta's not going to give you and Cincinnati's not going to give you. Short of that, you're not going to get Deshaun Watson. So the Benton, the next big domino to fall is going to be Carson. Yeah, and I, to be honest with you, I'm shocked it hadn't already happened. And the only thing I can figure is that I, I think the Bears have gotten perturbed. And I think the Colts now think they're bidding against themselves. Mm-hmm. I know the Colts have offered to two twos for Carson Wentz. And at this point, they don't feel like they have to give up a one because they don't think there's another suitor. And if the Bears are out, they're right. Yeah, I mean, I would. I would and I, and I don't that. envision that getting better. Mm-hmm. I don't see a team just randomly going, well, you know, we've been out this whole time, but here we go. <laughs> We're going to make a last-minute push. Here comes the Denver Broncos in to make their deal. I, I Denver still Kirk Cousins or Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I feel like every team that is in need of a quarterback has – an either or scenario. Okay. And a lot of them or uh, are or Sam Darnold. <laughs> right. That's going to be a hot commodity. If he's available, he's going to be a hot commodity. Now, as of right now, he's not available. 
that could change very quickly. Well, yeah, because the only way he's not in play is if Deshaun Watson goes to New York, right? There's no other path for Sam Darnold not being there. Oh, yeah, there is. They take Zach Wilson at two. And Reese Dart, the rookie clock. Do I think that's the best path? Mm -hmm. No. But is that a possibility? Yes. Can he start right away? Zach Wilson? Yeah. He's the most pro-ready, not named Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. And I will tell you, Carolina fans, that eighth pick in the draft, it's been offered for Sam Darnold. Has it really? Yeah. Another pick comes back. I want to say it's 34. I believe that's the pick the Jets have in the second round. Okay. So it's Darnold and 34 for eight. Which, personally, I'm sitting here going, you'd like to have them both. You get Zach Wilson and Jamar Chase. Oh, don't just don't don't do that. Don't do that to me. I, I, I think Jeremy just got a little excited over there. Uh, don't do that to me. Uh, and we still have 23, which we could add Travis Etienne. And, and that's where oh, it, my goodness. That's where it gets into, I'm ready for a new football season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still reeling over the loss of Trevor Lawrence. It's never I'm, I'm not, not there football yet. season, though. I'm not ready to love another quarterback yet. We're uh, we're we're never not in football season. That's that's the one thing time has told us. It's the one consistent, right? I guess what I mean, and I'm sure there are some people thinking you talk about football every day. What else mm-hmm. would you like? You want to talk about the baseball Hall of Fame pitchers and catchers reporting and uh, whenever they? I report. mean, we could. I could give you the whole rundown nope. of the no. uh, the realignment in minor league no. baseball. It's uh... if you do that, I'm going home right now. <laughs> I'm going to get a beat on traffic. I'll be home by five. Uh, which, uh, by the way, uh, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that in a minute because I forgot what uh, what website it was. There was a great breakdown uh, of, and I'll share it out on on my Twitter of the breakdown. I can't remember. It was uh, the guy who does sports, the sports logos, sportslogos.net or something like that. He did the full breakdown of the shifting that has gone on in the minor leagues, and it uh, it looks. It looks like it's going to be a, a fun season in the minors for uh, for the Asheville Tourists being in completely a, a new completely new division. Like there's only four teams from the South Atlantic League that are even in the the High A Division East or whatever it is that they put them in. Uh, I'll share that out on my Twitter uh, coming up after the program uh, at Sports Tank ESPN again on the Twitter machine. But yeah, I mean football is football's the king. And now, with all of the J.J. Watt rumors and the Deshaun Watson rumors and all of this, it's taken over everything. The Daytona 500 was on Sunday. Uh, They got, what, three hours of morning show coverage on Monday about it, and then nothing. And it just disappeared into the ether again with all all of the NFL rumors and news. Oh, this offseason is going to be insufferable. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you realize that we're a month away from teams being able to do any of these things? Like, Jared Goff's going to be a ram for another month. Right. Because the league year hadn't started yet. And you're still hearing rumors every day. Because mm-hmm. everybody thinks they got a shot. And it's still better than breaking down the Baltimore Orioles bullpen. <laughs> I love that that's your go-to. 
What about the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah. I don't know why that is either. Zero percent chance, by the way, for the uh, the Baltimore Orioles oh, to make the why, playoffs. That's why, because they've been trending on Twitter through this whole show. <laughs> I, di- I did see what you just said. Yeah, somebody did the uh, playoff predictions. I don't remember who it was, but uh, somebody went through and did the playoff probabilities for each team in Major League Baseball. There was one that had a 0.0% chance to make the playoffs. It was the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, that's bold. We pitchers and catchers ain't even reported yet. I don't think. I think they're doing that right now as we speak, and they still give them a zero point zero chance to make the playoffs. That's Bobcat bad, as we like to call it. ESPN Asheville ninety two point nine FM eight eighty AM and fourteen hundred. We'll wrap it up with the monkey knife fight play of the night after this. All right, time for the Monkey Knife Fight play of the night at monkeyknifefight.com. Join in all the daily fantasy sports prompts fun. Create your account today, and when you make your initial investment, monkeyknifefight.com will match it up to $50, as well as give you a $5 free play just for using the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. And that $5 free play you can use on tonight's game, Jeremy. I am playing the more or less 2x2, 3.2x multiplier with the Brooklyn Nets and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I'm taking more than 29.5 points for James Harden because he's the only scorer left. Right. I'm also taking more than 27.5 points for Devin Booker. He's had over 27 points four games in a row. Good on you. And today he will be defended by that same Mr. Harden. I like it. More on both. That's one that I would be willing to jump on board, but I'm not going to because I would jinx it if I did. That will turn your $5 buy-in into a $16 prize. Uh, how much is too much to pay for a kicker, Jeremy? Uh, depends on who the kicker is. Jason Sanders. He just signed a five-year contract extension with the Miami Dolphins for $22 million. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot, a lot of money. for a kicker. That's uh, $4 million and some change. But I will tell you, as a team that hasn't had a kicker in a long time, mm-hmm. you don't really know how important a kicker is until you don't have one. <laughs> this is absolutely true. Um, I don't know. I mean, as a guy, you know, the Buccaneers not had the greatest success with kickers over the last few Roberto years. Aguayo. Oh, oh, stop that. Nick Fult. You can't even name the others because they're not even in the league anymore. They haven't lasted for very long. (laughs) They haven't. But we got Ryan Suckup, and he worked out pretty well this year. Jason Sanders has been, uh, I, I guess he's, I don't know that he was the most successful kicker in the NFL this year, but he's pretty, pretty good. 92.3% 92.3% conversion rate on his field goals. That's still a lot for a kicker. That's pretty solid. In a year that cap space is going to be at a premium, there's mm-hmm. not going to be a lot. There's not going to be a lot of cap space to go around. Mm-hmm. I will say something that I have heard in the last three or four days. There is a possibility that you're going to see way more tags than you've seen in any year recently. We had 14 last year. Mm-hmm. I've heard you could see almost every team in the league use a tag this year. Really? Just depends on where the cap comes in. The mm-hmm. beauty of the of the tag is it's a one-year deal. So no guaranteed money, no any of the things like that. Right. And there are a lot of teams that might need to kick the can down the road. 
Packers with Aaron Jones, uh, John Johnson with the Rams. I, I had there were several examples for some reason. That's the only Allen Robinson with the Bears. No, nah, I don't see that one. That relationship has kind of soured. There was a report earlier today that uh, the Bears may consider tagging and trading Allen Robinson. That's just really rare in in the NFL. The the whole deal is meant for you to not do that. If mm-hmm. you put a guy on a tag, he's supposed to play with you. So it's I I don't I don't buy that. I saw that as well, but I don't buy it. Okay. In the hierarchy of kickers, would you like to know where this puts him? In terms of money? Yeah. Behind Justin Tucker. Yep. That's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Behind Justin Tucker, definitely, uh, as he makes $5 million a year. He's also the best kicker in NFL history. So There's no way Graham Gano still makes more money than... Four point six million dollars. I don't year. know. You're talking about kickers. I was just asking I know a, a lot. I Does that know. not sound crazy to you, though? Not really. We went through a period where a lot of kickers got, if they were consistent, they got reasonable money. According to Over the Cap, well, Over the Cap's pretty accurate. It's updated. Graham Gano's got four point six million dollars a year on that's, his contract. That's a lot. This would put this would put uh, Jason Sanders behind Justin Tucker, Graham Gano, Kaimi Fairbairn. Mason Crosby and Brandon McManus. He'd be making about the same amount of money as Chris Boswell from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I promise we will not end talking about kickers tomorrow. We will do better tomorrow (laughs) for you. I promise. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 AM in the Sportsocracy on YouTube Live.